Welcome to the Privacy Cast, the Data Privacy Podcast. You are listening to season one, and season one is all about technology. This is our sixth session, and our focus today is your daily privacy life. We will talk about how small changes in your lifestyle can help you invest in your future to have a private life. I am your host Akash, and let us welcome Deepak Raut, the Executive Security Advisor at Microsoft. His reputation precedes him in the industry. He has over two decades of global experience across technology risk management. He's an expert in IT risk, cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance. He's a visiting professor at SPJAN University and also a trustee at Humane Charitable Foundation. Today, we both will discuss on demystifying data privacy at work and in life. Over to you, Deepak. Hey, thank you, Akash, for such a nice and warm welcome. Um, it gives me great pleasure to be in your program. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak today, Akash. Um, I do work for Microsoft, um, but this um, what I speak today is uh, purely as a professional uh, with some domain expertise on privacy, and the views are absolutely personal. Um, I am aligned to you know global thoughts on the process on the on the subject, but I would say that my views are very different than many people. So uh, this should not be attributed to anybody, but uh, myself uh, as my individual capacity. Uh, in the last decade plus that I have uh, been involved uh, firsthand with the privacy industry globally. And um, there are many aspects uh, that are relevant to India, uh, both um, from a social as well as practical perspective, leaving aside the regulatory and technological concerns. And we will peel the onions and all that today. And most importantly, how do we fuse an approach that works um, synchronistically between our personal and professional lives uh, also is a very interesting aspect for uh, everyone to consider. Yep. Thank you, Deepak. Uh, Deepak, we're very happy to have you on our show. And you know we have been trying a lot to, to record this. So welcome on board. Now, going on, going on. Uh, this is this is one of the important things that we uh, through our uh, through our podcast we are we are trying to reach out to people and tell them is what is data privacy to you as Deepak what is data privacy to you and how like, being in this field for twenty years how do you how have you seen privacy evolving in the field as well? Good, I think uh, if I just give you a twenty second uh, uh, introduction of myself and my career profile and, and a person, you will then appreciate my answers much better. So I essentially spent about 16 years in the army, completely oblivious to the you know, word called privacy, um, but very much dealing with things like national security and uh, information warfare and uh, espionage and uh, counterintelligence and all that good things that people do in the spy world. I was in the military intelligence. So 16 years of that life, both you know real world intelligence stuff as well as technology world and then in the last 12 years in the corporate uh, uh, sectors uh, both in india and uh, globally and uh, in a variety of um, industry segments where i have uh, had the pleasure of working both on security and on privacy in varied domains uh, as far as you know uh, it uh, services and uh, telecom and uh, finance and banking and insurance um, so a variety of sectors. So um, my answer to data privacy is that it is too much of a jargon, okay? 
and uh, um, just as everything uh, is kind of you know created with a little bit of a marketing buzz out west and to catch our interest it is that and at the root of it lies uh, though something which is good and that is about um, the wish of a person to be left alone if that person wishes to that's one as an individual as a person and then as a corporation the necessity of a corporation to be a good citizen to not uh, keep their personal or organizational interest corporate interest above the customer's interest or the lay person's interest these two factors are at the root of privacy um, one is my rights as a individual to be left alone or to be interacted the way i want to interact with the world and secondly um, my right as a consumer to be respected by a corporation giving me a service brand see a question akash i think uh, we are getting there so i think i think when we say that uh, as a human being we want to be left alone uh, i think india is is a place where uh, we are we are social right we the the we are opposite to data privacy if you look back uh, a few years uh, we have joint families we have people who we, we love talking to each other right we want to know more about people so i think it's a cultural question as well uh, when we look at it from an indian perspective i have actually uh, in fact looked at that and i also fell for this um fell for this kind of explanation initially when i was groping my way into privacy uh, first of all there is no one india and there are 1.3 billion indias because every idea india is just the nationhood which is bounded by the constitution and the boundaries is just a you know 70 year old thing and uh, nation state concept is less than 200 years old so that's not india it's just a name um, if you want to talk about culture and that's very much uh, the point culturally we have, we have some cultural similarities but our view about that is individualistic so between you and i i completely differ i'm a very private person i do not want people to know who i am in real life a few people in my close circuit family friends may know who i am but there is still a deeper me that only i i am aware about so uh, it is incorrect to say that india doesn't understand privacy uh, just because our social life our family life is shared that does not take away from the fact that we have a personal individual life as well because you know india is a deeply spiritual land and our quest for search of life is a personal quest so at all levels social you know and personal and uh, you know technological privacy is definitely a concept that applies to everywhere in india it may look socially that way but if you peel the onions of you know each individual that you interact with i can tell you as a myself the the image and the information that i project about myself in the world is my projection it's a conscious projection of who i want the world to see me as that's not the real me the real me is what i protect that's why i understand what privacy is for a person right i think uh, it's <clears throat> talking to you i think it has i i can i can look back to 3 years of my career and then so talking to you i feel that when i look back in my career in my youth right how i have grown up and and seen mobiles taking over uh, most of our things most of our functionalities uh, the amount of data that is getting spread over I, i i can i can relate to you when when we say that we are projecting someone i think i'm totally 
I think that is why we are talking today and trying to explain mm-hmm. and trying to get to people. Now, yes. Moving on, like, how have you personally evolved in sharing data in last two decades with the technological evolution and the evolution of electronic devices that are around us? Sharing of data has become easy, not just internally in areas, but globally. Excellent. Yeah, so I'll answer that in the two perspectives that we are talking today. One is as a citizen, uh, uh, which is my perspective of having a relationship with the society. And the other is as a consumer, uh, that is me having a relationship with the service provider who's making money at my cost. So as regards the society is concerned, my exposure to my society or the world in general on the digital platform is a, is a true reflection of my personality. Uh, in the real world. So my personality in the real world known to my family, my, my core family, my extended family, my friends, my acquaintances, my neighbors, is that of a person who is um, um, affable and reasonable and um, uh, fairly social, um, you know, helpful. And, you know, if you use those adjectives to qualify me, my social media presence, which is uh, captured in Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, um, Instagram, etc., will project a similar picture. Uh, in that persona of, uh, as, as a citizen, over the years, I realized that the digital media, uh, while I was using that digital media as a citizen, they were looking at that same media uh, as me as a consumer, and they were pushing things on me, or they were selling my profile information to people of their uh, partnership channels to target me somehow. The moment I had that realization, I came out of Facebook, I came out of every other platform where I was present as a citizen. I realized that my citizen presence in the world does not require a digital medium. I do not want to be digitally present to be a citizen because by nature, I'm a private person. So my friends, my family, my neighbors who know how to find me in the real life, I do not require a digital persona. So you can say, if you go around and look, you'll find zero digital presence for me in the social platform as a citizen. That leads in the second persona, my, uh, my uh, avatar as a um, corporate person, like I have a professional life. Um, in that life, uh, LinkedIn is a professional platform where I want people to see me as a professional. And there I have projected myself professionally the way I want to project myself. Now, um, that, that's a true projection of what my, person, my professional uh, persona is. Now, the hybrid of the two, so digital mediums where they want to see me as a, you know, um, um, as a target for, it is hard for them to target me. They can target me on my email and my phone. And my email and phone is given on my LinkedIn platform because I want the world to communicate with me as a professional. When somebody breaks the boundary and communicates with me as a consumer, uh, that's the time I use my privacy boundary to call them out to say that, please do not spam, or I use my spam feature in my mail. So, you know, there are these two worlds, which over a period of time, as my awareness has grown, I have been able to navigate to reduce my exposure and keep it limited to what I want to. Uh, regarding devices, um, I am aware about you know the notification and uh, you know location preferences and privacy preferences. Uh, initially, I used to keep my privacy filters pretty tight in the Facebook, etc. Then I came out of the Facebook platform altogether. 
now I use my privacy filters in my devices very uh, tightly uh, to uh, keep my privacy exposure limited. And those who still manage to come through those filters and you know uh, uh, breach into my personal space, I spam them or block those numbers, and that's how I avoid. I think that's a that's a very good point put forward uh, in terms of a solution as to what we can do is I, I think one thing that I that you called out is you all the emails that are wrong and are spam you call them out as spam so that Google or Gmail or wherever that emails are coming that that the tool manager can also identify that am I correct correct so like in Gmail you just go to a uh, go to a mail that comes to you and there is a spam button on top right you must take a second to hit that spam button so that Google knows that you as a Google consumer taking a free service has identified that thing as a spam. But Google is also uh, a service provider to that spammer and that spammer has bought the Google uh, uh, service platform to be able to spam all the Google users or send them. Uh, those users like me who take the trouble of informing Google that, hey Google, Tell this guy not to send me email anymore, even if he has paid you. Google has to, as per privacy mandates, not send that email to me, but he will send that email to you because you haven't taken the trouble to. So I am a privacy aware consumer and you are a privacy unaware consumer. So you get those extra spam and I don't. Right. I think that's, uh, I think the next solution that, that came out of discussion was the notification button. So even even I have personally, what I have done is, uh, so I have an Android phone. So in the Android phone, uh, when I when I try to decrease my volume as easy as that, so there are four options of volume decreasing. Uh, one option is for the notifications. So what I do is I keep the notification volume to zero so that whenever a Facebook message or a LinkedIn message or anything pops up, I can only look at it. I, I can control that now because I am not, because once somebody messages me or there's a notification, uh, I am not going to the phone. I am going to the phone when I want to go to the phone. And then I look at those notifications. That's a, that's how I have hacked it. Yeah. Same, same here. So um, in my phone, my notification is on for my office email and not my uh, personal email. Okay. Um, it is on from you know Teams, which is my office uh, collaboration platform, because I want people to reach me and res I respond to them on an instant message in seconds or a minute, uh, and that's about it. My notification from WhatsApp is off, from everywhere is off, um, even messages is off because mostly we get messages as spam, um, and then um, in a day I take uh, two or three breaks to you know look at my phone to see if there are any messages or emails that are of importance outside of my work. And that's why I catch up. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good way to do that and actually uh, conserve privacy and meditate for some time because the more the notifications, the more it, it becomes difficult to work also in a day. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So uh, going on, uh, what are the top five things, right? I, we were just discussing about it, but what are the top five things that we should remember, especially when we are sharing our data? Because let's say let's say there is an application, or I'm going to download an application. Uh, what is it that should be uh, that comes to your mind, especially now being being privacy aware? Yeah. So those what what it, is it? Yeah. So you're talking about applications on a phone. On a phone, or let's say I download, uh, I go online and join a social media platform, right? Okay, or okay. yeah, or LinkedIn or anything, 
any any platform once i am giving data the question is open yeah so i'm saying is saying that in a digital platform what data is of high value right so um even before um giving the data we should uh, exercise uh, uh, constraint restraint on where on digital mediums do i need to be present meaning which website should i have a registered account on and what applications uh, must i download to use in my device um you know having been in a position to use a mobile device from let's say early 2000 or maybe late 1990s when you know very few people had a mobile phone uh, in the country and i had to have one for my work purposes um the the hype of the phone etc you know died out died down in the first few years you know hey there is this message feature and hey there is this camera you know then um, the map was a big deal so slowly so over a period of time in on as far as apps are concerned so i moved from a you know nokia phone to a, a blackberry phone to a, a windows phone to a android phone and now to a iphone um the only apps that i have on my phone are the map essentially and um over a time over a period of time you know um i get a app and delete it for example banking apps uh sometimes it's handy uh but over a period of time i have uh, um stopped using banking apps then i used to when i was in uh, when i was in canada i used to use the uh, uh the airlines app because you know web check in etc are easy to do or you go to the lounge and it is easy to show so i'm saying um i'm against use of apps in general um, but for what is absolutely essential a map is a absolute essential necessity nowadays so i have that map uh, app always uh, let's say uh, in north america parking is a very daily important activity so though it is a you know uh, it sounds like a very small idea but it's a big pain so having a parking app becomes a necessity so each consumer uh, must decide for himself herself what app becomes a necessity for that person to have on their phone uh, or even similarly what uh, web platform they want to be part of um you know uh, leave a registered uh, phone number and uh, email address and verify that email address from their email or verify that phone number from their phone by giving a you know two factor authentication first reduce the exposure to the minimum um so here again i have you know i have uh, have spoken on this several several times why do we think that the digital world the internet highway is any different than the physical world that is a road in our in, in our uh, um a community in our uh, locality or uh, a highway it is the very same thing uh, how would you behave on the road in your locality and on the highway would you say hi to everybody and shake hands and say hey this is me and i'm passing by i don't think many of us would do that so some of us would do that perhaps most of us would cast our gaze in the direction of our you know objective and keep walking um and if a passing distraction happens we try to stay stay as much uninvolved as possible unless somebody is looking for a help or somebody is giving a free fruit away today is a free fruit day something like that no something real something meaningful or something where we can contribute the digital highway is absolutely the same there will be too many distractions and living in this modern world of consumerism and capitalism we have realized that anything that's free has got some price attached to it somewhere and most likely 
I am paying more than what I am getting free. That much is clear to us. That is why it, is, it requires to be marketed. So stay off marketing propaganda and uh, uh, stay off the free lunch and uh, 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 use a practical uh, life approach as you do in real world and our digital footprint will be easy to uh, con um, control. In that digital fit, uh, control footprint, what are the top things I would try to avoid? One is location services. So um, they're always trying to, you know, what does location services do? They find out advertising, advertisers and the services and products near to your geographical uh, location and preference and give that to you. Um, um, so it's a good thing if you're looking for a service in, in your area. Uh, it's a bad thing because then that allows for triangulation to take place. Multiple services know where you are and then, you know, uh, you expose yourself uh, uh, to them. So here the, the, the foundation principle is that whatever I need, I know where to go and get it. Uh, I don't require to be given that information. That's the foundation principle. If you think you need, for example, let's say I'm trying to move from city A to city B and I'm in Bangalore near the airport and I want the best transportation quote from uh, packers and movers. At that time, I'll go to three packers and movers services I register myself, give my cell phone, give, uh, uh, allow my location services to be on and my email ID so that I allow myself to be discoverable as soon as possible. And the moment my uh, shift is done, I find the best code and shift, then I have to go back and delete them. That kind of you know, um, discipline is required. So location services is number one. Secondly is uh, you know, mobile number because that's a irritant when people keep calling you. Uh, I would uh, be very wary to give that phone number unless it's absolutely essential. Uh, two things. Third will be perhaps my you know, date of birth because date of birth is a thing that is used in many financially sensitive applications for verification, for enrollment, et cetera, et cetera. So I would uh, try to avoid that. Um, fourth would be about any you know, um, other personal details beyond an email, uh, for example, an address. Um, not required or you know uh, other information about employment about uh, uh, salary information things like that so people are always trying to slot you into a category that they can market well and we really can't um, underestimate their efforts to market to us or reach us uh, for example the nigerian prince thing so many people think uh, oh, i'm so smart i'll not fall into that trap um, so it's best to avoid such things so I think I could name you three or four things. That's what comes to my mind now. Yeah, I think uh, I think overall there's a lot of uh, pointers that you have, that have been pointed out, and and I think I think we all have seen that you now once we download that application, we have an option on what all accesses do you want to give, which we did not have mm -hmm. a few years ago, uh, due to the scrutiny, uh, the the mobile developers. Android, beat Android, beat beat Google, right? Um, beat Samsung. So whatever applications are coming down to us, beat Apple, uh, we are getting an opportunity to to enforce our data privacy or choose what we want to give. So we should always stay ahead and do not give. Let's say if if an application is for healthcare, does it need a location? It doesn't, right? So even if you are using applications, you want to get ahead with them. Just make sure that you do not give the the unrequired guarantees to that application yeah so yeah. Deepak, coming on what is your take 
on data privacy as a career i think with your over two decades of experience and you have seen all the laws coming in beat gdpr beat the the forming of pdpb you are in canada right copa is there so so how pipeda is there i think copa is coming up so how how do you see privacy as a career in the next decade um well so uh, i think uh, i stumbled onto privacy as a career path um uh, related to security so i joined a, a telecom company as their uh, chief information security officer and the telecom company happened in india happened to have a parent company in norway where uh, overall in europe and scandinavia especially they have a very strong privacy regimen so they had a strong privacy practice and they were looking for uh, a, a sponsor or owner of that function in the indian company and there was nobody uh, who understood what privacy meant so uh, and i had a little bit of an idea so it came to me and uh, as to my nature i anything new and interesting i take a interest to understand that just to learn so i said okay i will handle that for a little bit and see if i can take it and uh, as i came to know about it and just at around that time the it act um, 2008 uh, amendments had come into being and um, privacy for uh, uh, for uh, large consumer segments like telecom uh, where um, was a mandate um, so it kind of worked very well uh, as a part of my function and that's when i realized the overlap the complementarity of security and privacy and um, got to know more about it and and then um, i joined microsoft as a privacy director because by then the it act 2000 was in force in the country and they wanted somebody to uh, implement privacy practices in microsoft india so uh, um, i realized that privacy is a very little explored career career option for people outside of the legal field privacy has come in from the legal perspective uh, as uh, as a career domain uh, however as we know there are you know if you look at the gapp and other generally uh, uh, the privacy principles prevalent in the various um, frameworks it, there are two aspects one is a pure technology aspect because to allow for access controls to allow for security of data encryption etc etc there are technological means there are you know there are complementing processes but there are huge technological means so that's one domain which has got legitimate rights on privacy then there are you know legal aspects where um interpretation of uh, legislation needs to be done to verify whether you breached or did not breach so definitely lawyers become uh, one of the segments of people who have stake in that domain and uh, thirdly there are a lot of you know um process compliance you know having a privacy officer responding to privacy queries uh, when people ask for ex- uh, disclosure of their data and uh, com- compliance to processes show it to them in terms of your customer uh, ex- exposure so there's a lot of com- uh, compliance and process uh, work in privacy um there is a legitimate uh, you know um, uh, domain to look at compliance legal uh, security um, i would say general technology so making a website uh, for collecting information and making sure that that information has got choice and consent built into it at source etc so web development and other technology work which goes into creating core business applications where privacy has to be built by design so privacy by design area is a pure technological area beyond security 
So if you summarize, the people who have stakes in privacy are um, security professionals, a lot of them, you know, a bunch of privacy controls are around security, core technology professionals, uh, process, project management, and that kind of professionals, compliance professionals, and legal professionals. So it's nobody's, uh, you know, fiefdom. There's a lot of people who are relevant to that thing. Um, so as a career option, if you look at, um, you know, um, business protection, um, letting a business continue despite bad things happening, that area is business protection. There are a lot of functions which fall into that area, physical security, information security, compliance. Right. Uh, privacy comes in that area of business protection, where you not only need to do good things as a corporate citizen, you need to save your backside from being sued, from breaking laws, etc. So um, this, um, uh, um, uh, this is a very uh, legislation-driven area. And uh, there are very few organizations like IAPP who give you a degree in that space. But uh, as you know, a degree or a certification doesn't help uh, beyond a point. You need to have experience. So all these five domains I mentioned, if there are professionals in these domains, Interested in business protection or letting business sustain despite challenges, then privacy becomes a very lucrative space for them to come. And with all these legislations coming in around the world, especially triggered by uh, GDPR, I think um, regulatory compliance will receive a huge amount of boost and funding. Hence, it becomes a very lucrative career proposition for a lot of people. Right, sir. So, sir, uh, I think uh, overall that perspective has been passed on. Uh, moving on to our special round today, which is the rapid okay. fire round. So hmm. I know people usually take some time and answer this, but I think the rule, the first rule of this round is that whatever comes to your mind first is something that, you know, has to be answered at just a two okay. second, three second question. So question okay. number one, data privacy or data security, which is more important? Security. Okay. Is there hope for data privacy in 2021? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, it's already in. Data privacy is uh, un unignorable anymore. Okay. So coming on to our next and the last question. I think this is a question that is the most important one. And this is a perspective like everybody across the globe would know, would like to know your answer. Have you ever used a password, which is password one, two, three? Like no, ever in your life? Never. Never. <laughs> okay. I come from the intelligence world where, you know, uh, suspecting the neighbor is the business. Okay. So I always kept my passwords good. Yeah. So uh, I think everybody in India is an intelligence business, by the way, it, even if it's neighbors <laughs> are very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to know more about processing of personal data, uh, reach out to Deepak Rauth over LinkedIn. In our next episode, we have a special guest for you. So stay tuned to know more about technology that runs data privacy at the Red Privacy Cast. Just type Privacy Cast on any platform you use and you will find us. Over to you, Deepak, for a short thank you note. Um, I would like to add a little bit of a qualifier to that question you asked about data privacy and security. Security is one of the 10 GAPP principles. Access control is another, which is ensured by security. Uh, why I chose security is because security is the way you enable privacy. So I'm not by any means saying that privacy is less important, but security in that sense is a subdomain of privacy. 
if you do security well enough, privacy will be perhaps taken care of. There are non-security principles there as well. So uh, thank you so much for giving the opportunity to be a part of your uh, privacy um, uh, podcast. I think uh, you are charting new territory, uh, new course with this. Uh, it is early days for privacy in India, despite 10 years of people having uh, been speaking about it, the new legislation and the uh, mandate by the government for corporations uh, and government itself to be compliant, to respect people's uh, privacy uh, in the digital world will go a long way in uh, opening doors for careers and opportunities in this space. And I wish you great luck uh, being one of the first movers uh, as an entrepreneur in the space of uh, privacy in India. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Your words mean a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome.